0: You're listening to the Collaboration Twins Podcast with me, Kelly.
1: And me, Rob. I hope you guys enjoy it. So welcome back to episode 12 of the Collaboration Twins Podcast.
0: So in bingo terms, what's 12? Because apparently level was less.
1: I haven't got a clue what 12 <laughs> is. I haven't got a clue at all. So welcome back listeners. Um, so this this episode, we're going to talk around play and development. No yeah. play? Yeah, how, how
0: how to play with your babies.
1: Um, so I just want to firstly, want to say thanks to... We put a post out this week on our Collaboration Twins Instagram page and we had some phenomenal people respond back saying so they want to come on a show as our guests. So we're going gonna to cover their story as being parents of twins and we've got some really good ver- variety of different people but also we're going to play things like Twingo Bingo and just have a really fun chat around what yeah. it's like to be a twin parent Um So, that'll be coming shortly. So, thanks for everyone coming through. If you're one of those people that's listening to this now and thought, I'd love to come on their show, like we're featured now in the Apple Top 100 podcast. So, thanks for everyone listening out there. It's a phenomenal achievement for us. Uh, So, before we get into it.
0: Actually, before we get into it, I want to say something as well, Rob. Um, A lady that we have never met. Um, but we have connected through this podcast and we're now friends of an Instagram. Congratulations to Jenny and her partner because they have now welcomed into the world their beautiful twin girls. So, woo! Woo! there are more twins in the world and i know she listens um so yeah we just want to extend our congratulations and
1: and and she's a champion because I, she was the one that i messaged this week and was like she was like i'll come on the podcast i was like jesus yeah, actually, you're in the, got, the first you're, you're in the amazing. first two weeks you're in you're in that you're in that. you've listened to our podcast one of the, on, the episodes <laughs> you're in that Bubble. Bubble moment at the moment. So, but yeah, we'd, so we'd
0: love to, to have her on, especially being so new. So, yeah, congratulations to Jenny. And we had, and a, we had
1: a lovely message as well this week from another listener as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's and there, isn't it due soon to be a twin mum, isn't it?
0: Yeah, I think Georgina. Yeah. Bear with me if that's wrong. But, yeah, thank you. Yeah, and We I, we genuinely love people reaching out to us and um, asking questions and following us. Like, we, we set up this podcast... We said, if we can just help one other parent yeah. out there, if we can spread a bit of our experience, because from what we hear from other people, they go on the Facebook groups and it's all doom and gloom. And yeah. that's not our experience. And that's not the experience of many twin parents. It You know, we want to excite you and empower you and believe that you can do this and give yeah. you some of our our advice and learnings. So, yeah,
1: even when it is tough isn't it yeah there's always the the bits that we can try and help you give those hints and tips to get through that stuff
0: well look at today oh
1: yeah 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 so let's get in let's get into that part so last week or so
0: so ted and erin are poorly yeah they've had ear infections well we thought it was an ear infection it's definitely turned into an outer ear infection and they've also picked up hand foot and mouth thank you nursery um so they've
1: been really no but that under... doctor didn't necessarily say it was that like. no
0: but they've been really under the weather it's we've had some late nights again haven't they where they're not sleeping it's oh yeah. god we're not used to the late sleepless nights anymore so um, it's been a big shock hasn't it yeah we, we took them to the walk-in A&E today because it'd been over a week as recommended by 111 we followed their procedures and um, so we, you know, we double dosed them up with a bit of Calpineurofen. So we took them into the doctor and they were on form. They were giggling. They were talking to each yeah, other, weren't they? He loved it. The <laughs> doctor found them hilarious. I was like, they are really ill. We've just, they've just, <laughs> they've been cowpoled up. <laughs> um. So, yeah, it's been a little bit tough.
1: They've got, what what's, what's they call it called um, it? Glue ear. Glue ear. Yeah. So that's going to be, we'll, we'll, we'll do some developments on it, actually. We're going to do a podcast probably next week or the week after around, how you deal with that situation. Cause like this week, like of all weeks, isn't it? Mm. I've been away. I've been away filming in London for like Tuesday. I had a conference that uh, Thursday,
0: we had to stay at my mom's stay at mom Wednesday. And dad's.
1: So, it's, and like, obviously, so was, we knew we were going into that week. So like one of the hints and tips, it's been a, it's been a tough stressful week, but one of the hints and tips would recommend out there is as a couple, especially with twins, and especially with, in that first year or so is having communication with each other as much as you physically can, but also making sure you plan those weeks out. If you know you're going to have a crap week next week, have that communicating thing. So we know that we knew, we knew that it was going to be tough and we come Mm -hmm. to the end of this week. And like you were like yesterday, last night, it was like you were in sleep by about half past eight.
0: You weren't far behind. I weren't
1: far behind. So, um, it was one of those weeks we planned, we knew, and we got it through and you got another week or so and then you're half term with the kids. Yeah. So it'd be plentiful with that. So we'll keep you updating on how the kids are getting on and also we, I think we want to do an episode on like how we've managed them, when you manage when your kids are real and like what you yeah, can cause do. Yeah, because there's certain
0: things about like what can you give them like yeah. medicine wise that we didn't know that would be really helpful if we did at the time and things like that. But yeah. So, we want to talk today about play, and it's probably one of the most common questions I see there on Instagram and Facebook. Help my twins are four months old. What do I do to play with them?
1: And the background I'm going to big Kel up here because I think you're just a superhuman being. Like Kel's, Kel's currently training to be a child counsellor in special needs children. She's got a decade experience in dealing with primary school children as a teacher and one of the things the reason why she ended up going into special needs teaching is because of the ability to try and communicate with kids through play and actually get them uh, developing on a different level than what the standard curriculum we see out there uh, in mainstream stuff so currently Kel's gone back to work and she deals with complex special needs children who are non-verbal so quite at the extreme level of Uh, the spectrum and she's trying to engage with those kids so i've always been fascinated by kel in her ability to connect with not only our kids but the passion she has for developing children through play so this is going to be a great episode for you guys just to listen to because the twins are very very switched on purely based on what kel's done through play so i'm really proud of what she's done as a mother to our children Oh, thank you. Don't cry, Kel. Don't cry. <laughs> I'm not crying no like, <laughs> you're like, oh I've heard that oh, one before yeah, he no but no, hard. okay, so no, but you are i'm I'm like you've come up with some as a dad, I'll be honest with you as a father, I'd be completely lost to this side to it um that's just not I'm not in that space at all, so let's start at the beginning like we've done before. It just helps people just in case we're in different levels of it, so like the first couple of months. We covered last time with development stuff and what you can do. But, like, the first few months, it's quite hard to engage with some form of play because well, it, they're still trying to find you themselves. You look at what
0: play is. So, they're in a stage what we call unoccupied play, which is where they're like, you know, kicking their arms and legs. They're looking at contrasting colours. Tummy time is a form of play. And as you spoke about last week, tummy time by having like an engagement toy in front of them all of that's basic play You foil mat it's basically when it comes to play think sensory and if you go from there you can't go wrong so for the first at least three months things like foil blankets uh so foil blankets foil mats. is
1: it a sensory box wasn't it
0: yeah you can get a, a basic sensory box you get like what we call um sensory tubes and they're just like clear cylinder tubes and you fill it with things like glitter a feather um what they called, pipe cleaners, and then you can roll it around and seeing it all swirl and things like mm. that, quite sensory. Your black and white images, um, your jungle gym mats that they lay underneath, all of that. Format,
1: right, really, that you said about Yeah,
0: all of that is your basic play for the first couple of months. And then when they hit around three, four months, they start to get that dexterity where they want to reach and grab things. And about that time is when you want to introduce things like rattles and giving them things to hold. Um, With Ted and Erin, what I used to do is we Basically, and I've just put this up on my other Instagram, we use something called Attention Autism at my
1: school. What's your other Instagram?
0: Uh, Collaboration counselling. And I kind of applied that to Ted and Erin. So Attention Autism is actually designed for autistic children as a way to build up their attention spans and engagement. Um, And if you think about them on a global delay scale they're not massively ahead of Ted and Erin and babies have a really small attention span. So I was doing kind of like mini attention autism sessions with them to engage. So when they hit around three four months I would actually actively pass them rattles and I would practice giving them in each hand so that they built up that dexterity and that hand eye coordination. Um, You know I'd always model it first i also started to do with them is i'd give them a choice after a while because i had two different rattles and i'd hold them out in front of them and they would start to pick the rattle they wanted mm. um i remember that which was quite interesting because he, you don't think at four months you could have a preference well they can and they i mean did. yeah
1: like ted ted like the ted um, liked the
0: blue handle, the one, one. erin liked it. the one that was more like a lollipop that was pop. like
1: that would look like a kettlebell and I wonder the boys got strong he's like lifting a kettlebell rattle
0: yeah and they're in like the one that's like a lollipop, which I stood on about a month ago. So, you know, <laughs> she doesn't know about that yet. So basically what I used to do is I'd pick out just a couple of really eye-catching toys and just play with them. So like a rainmaker. Um, here you go, look. These type of things. And I would just put that in front of them and let them watch it, watch how it falls. I might um also use some really simple language, start building that up. i will talk about the colours. Like, look, it's red and blue and yellow and say things like up and down. So again, that's another thing that I could go into another podcast about building up language in children. Yeah. So really simple language. Um, Really eye-catching things. I wouldn't pick more than three. So I might do like a rainmaker. I might do one of those ribbons with the bells on to shake over them. Mm. And again, make it sensory. So like I'd rub it over their face, over their hands, over their legs.
1: And the mesh as well. And the
0: meshy blanket things that you can get, cloths. Still Um,
1: today, that's a really good sensory one for them, isn't it?
0: And I used to do it with like feathers. And if you can turn anything into a song, turn it into a song, um... I do that a lot. (laughs) So, like, it used to be like, tickle your head and tickle your nose, tickle your hands and tickle your toes, like with the feather. I
1: remember that one in the office when I was working one day and I was really trying to focus. And I've I've got an ADHD brain, and all I could hear you is repeating that same song over and over again. I was like, Kelly, can you just. Can we just change it to a new song, please? I don't know which one it was. I Was, oh, like, was that oh. the, when
0: I was breastfeeding? Yeah. I was like, Erin's got all of the boobie. <laughs> yeah. She didn't uh, save any I for her like, brother Ted because Erin got yeah. all of the you
1: boobie. You literally it <laughs> repeat over and over again. She okay. did, though, that day. So, no, but that was that was a great one. So, like, the early stages, even from a baby, I remember we got that century stuff, and that was great because that started to really... You could see that they... Start to engage with their eyes, their hands, and yeah. movements. So you movements. think
0: things they can see, things they can hear, things they can feel by you, like rub, you know, gently giving them those texture experiences, and use things like ribbons, feathers, um, scrunching foil, different textures, anything bumpy. They've got these little comforters that have got different labels or different textures on. They like that, um, and then yeah, by three, four months, it was building up to things like the holding it reaching out for toys or reaching out to grab the rattle rattling it and of course they drop it a lot but what you'll see first is them actually trying to reach out and grab
1: Mm.
0: that's a really good sign that they're ready for things like that and then they might rattle it and drop it and again mix up the hands And we did that for a couple of months um so it'd be like mummy shows you three interesting toys and does some little sensory things with you and then i'd be like now you have a little go at either kicking on the foil blanket or you know have a go at rattle. Them. And you don't want to do this for more than sort of like fifteen, twenty minutes max because it will, it'll will knack them out. All these sensory and play experiences is using up to fifty percent of their brain. Mm. So they will get tired and hungry after. Yeah. Um another great thing to do and the earlier on you do it the better. I started when I realised the kids could see, so you remember when we spoke about last week that they started to clock things. Yeah. As soon as they could do that and they got um they could see part of their nose, I read them books.
1: Mm i was literally about to say that. You know, mm. we we're so in tune. I was thinking, like, that's actually a similar time we started to read to them. And it, it, to most people, you think that's really young.
0: No, I think from but, about you can do it from birth, but I didn't really start doing it till they were about six to eight weeks old. When I knew that they would actually be looking at the book and listening a bit
1: more. Yeah, yeah it's really good actually.
0: And they could focus because they can see the colors and their favorites. They love the Gruffalo. Um, Grandad Beard bought them a book called Little Ted's Big Adventure. Basically, they love things that rhyme. Have you noticed that? Yeah. All the books that rhyme. And your classics, Dear Zoo, Hungry Caterpillar. Eduardo, the Angry Eduardo, Kid. The Angry kids. <laughs> they love stories. And again, you're building up that language exposure. You're building up a love uh, for books and stories when they're older. Lots lots of benefits from it.
1: Yeah. And then so, sensory first stuff. Yeah. Rattles, toys.
0: Yeah. And then around... further developments.
1: And then, like, because at that point, we had them on the mat, didn't we? Yeah. And then we had the little the, the bits that went over the mat where they could grab stuff, couldn't they? And How long did we have that until they started to come away from that mat?
0: Around five, six months, we got rid of the mat because they were sitting up.
1: Yeah. Um... I remember those. Like, they started to... In the last podcast episode, we were talking about how they started to roll on their front. I remember, like they would use the, the the bits coming up on the mat to try and pull themselves over, mm. and then then quite a lot of the time they'd get one leg stuck either side and then lose <laughs> their shit, or one would have a particular rattled toy and the other one would grab it.
0: They do that now. We literally, and you you probably do this as twin twin parents yourself. You buy them two of the exact same toy because there's two of them, but yet they will fight over one of them, and I'm like there is the exact same toy here. Yeah. <laughs> they do it now. And like even earlier, I gave their favourite thing to play with, if you've been following us on Instagram, for some time now, you can't beat a pack of wipes. I don't know whether it's the sound, the feel, they love a pack of wipes, and the TV remote. So one of them had the TV remote, one of them had the pack of wipes. And obviously they're arguing over who's got what. Ted wants them both. Erin wants whatever Ted's got.
1: That great clip how we had a few a few months back. Where you had done like, it's like a, oh my God, she's waving in his face. She's flaunting it. She's flaunting it. She's got the pack of wipes.
0: <laughs> and Ted's to So Erin's just, oh, I'm going to just snatch it. Whereas Ted is a bit more, he does the old snatch and roll and then rolls yeah. away. Whereas Erin just snatches it like, mine. Aaron, <laughs> Ted's like, mine then rolls away.
1: So so uh, so we're now on to the point where they started to sit up. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then they start to, because of that, they're supporting the head by then. They're grabbing stuff. They're starting to lift themselves up. And so also, we started to give them a bit more of a...
0: Yeah, I just want to backtrack a little bit. By getting them to grab rattles and shake rattles and things like that, you're encouraging that hand-to-mouth movement, which is great for getting them ready for baby-led weaning.
1: Mm. Yeah, definitely. Actually, and I you know that.
0: you're ready for baby-led weaning when they are putting things to their mouth and they want to grab it off of you. They want to grab the spoon and put it in the mouth themselves. That's that's a sign they're. Ready yeah, for I mean, I, weaning. I saw on
1: a, a uh, only a twin post a month ago, and they were saying that my kid keeps putting their hand in their mouth, and I'm trying to stop them, and I'm like, <laughs> I was like, no, that's no, a, that's no. A, that's, a dev- that's a
0: key development stage. Like, it's getting no, them ready for need weaning. To them, that's stop. when you
1: start giving them food. So like, so from that point, they started to sit up, so we started to develop and give them a lot more. A variety of toys, didn't we? Some quite larger toys, quite heavier stuff. We've got um we had that little tiny like we got I called the baby octagon in our room now. It's like a mesh thing that they call their it's toys. A stuff pen, it's but a it's pen. Shape. Um but before that they had that little one, didn't they? Oh the little we you still got over there. Yeah,
0: the little rubber ring
1: type Yeah, and that and and we had little toys in there, so we had like a little balls. Um,
0: Can't beat a pack of balls You know you get like ball pits Those type of balls And then we'd hide little things in there Like the TV remote Without batteries in it Little rattles um, The Rainmaker We've got You get your classic walkers Don't you That have got like Spinny stuff And lights and buttons to press And we've got one It's quite a common one What is it? The VTech one, the Farmyard one, if you know what I'm on about, I've seen them everywhere. And there's a particular little red phone that goes on the hook. They love it. And they love that red phone,
1: did not they? As soon as you put it on there, they, they're both trying, now they're crawling, they both try and crawl over to get that phone first. Yeah. But And I think that's really good, because actually from a de- development stage, we've not st- started to notice more like them grabbing and standing up on that mm. and trying to walk with it. Um, and also we've got, like from a from a big part for our part, like from um development stages, sensory stuff.
0: Oh, that's stuff too
1: I used to do, like, isn't it? Yeah, like sensory sen- room. Yeah, sensory room. Like but even just from our like the light sensory stuff, like Ted Ted is more sensory driven, which we've already we already worked out, but also the nursery is saying that he likes sensory stuff. Mm. So like from uh, a point where sometimes we call it Ted Tantrums where Ted has his little meltdown from transitions light light led or sound led sensory stuff for him has always been a calming a calming thing for him just to break out of that meltdown mode. Yeah,
0: so our go-to with Ted is we either distract him by taking him to the window or we give him something that rattles or makes a sound or flashes and it kind of gives him that sensory feedback. But yeah. just saying that, just remember, I haven't done it so much recently because they're a bit older and because there's a great big playpen in the room. But from around three months... Until quite recently, I used to make my own sensory room um I'm sure there's loads of videos and stories about it on Instagram, but very briefly, what I would do is I would shut the curtains, make it as dark as possible um in the early stages, I had a lava not a lava yeah, a lava lamp type thing. We've now got like the fish tank again, if you've seen our Instagram, you'll see what I mean one of those things that has um the water that bubbles and lights that change colour and they've got little fish in it. But before we had one of those, I used a diffuser, but the diffuser had different coloured lights that would come yeah. up. So I would pick a particular calming smell. They um, quite liked, liked the clary sage one or the lavender, and I'd put that on. So they got the sensory feedback of the smell. They got the sensory feedback of seeing the light change on it. The room was dark, so you got to see the light a bit more. I'd put them on the foil blanket, and I'd have maybe a little... um calming youtube video on for babies sensory mm. babies on um, so the key is you don't want to oversensitize them but i was very good i think at making light- our light- own sensory rooms wasn't it
1: those that spinny light thing i later date wasn't later it later
0: date we got one of those like disco balls that um
1: and remember we went to um when we did it in center parks didn't we bubbles glowing bubbles is we a massive get, one we couldn't get into the uh, sensory uh, centre parks room because they only had one baby space left and we couldn't pick like between the two of them and they were under they were still under six months weren't they by then mm. so so we had uh, We Carol did it in the lodge in our lodge where we were staying at so we did we did a sensory thing didn't we with them in there
0: yeah if you, again, go so on, cool because you can feel go on it. YouTube and you can get like little calming baby sensory videos Put one of those on, a nice little lava lamp or, as I said, a diffuser, because then you get the smell as well as the cool lights that change colour. Blow a few bubbles whilst they're laying down on a full blanket. Don't overcomplicate it. Don't over-sensitise them. And then I mixed it up. So when it came to Christmas, I gave them a Christmas sensory room and I gave them wrapping paper to roll on. Mm. Um, And they looked at tinsel and the the balls. um, And we had the Christmas lights on. So... Yeah, you can um, really play. I'm actually going to get to the next stage of sensory play with them now. So I'm going to start making them sensory bags, which is basically a really quick thing you can do because um, they're about they're 10, 10, 11 months now. So you get one of those Ziploc sandwich bags, fill it with um, hair gel, and then you put things in like little um, baubles, glitter, a feather, and then the children... Use their fingers and move it all around. It's a bit like, like that. that um, I've not done that yet, but that's where I'm going to next. Bit
1: like that black and white fish thing we had for a while.
0: Yeah, the fish mat. They love a bit of water, that was good, don't wasn't they? Because um, the other thing they're ready for is um, edible messy play, which I'm going to do in the summer.
1: Yeah, We'll do a nice podcast episode on that. Yeah. We... So and, also, quite, and also, I, am, uh, I think uh, I'm quite
0: good at play, but I've learned this from my special needs teaching, and it was quite interesting coming back to work. I've said I understand now what I was doing. Having had my own children, it feeds back like I understand my kids more. Being a special needs teacher, I understand teaching more because of my kids. Yeah. Because you see the development. So I a lot of my learnings, it does come from research and background and pedi- pedigree and everything I've I've learned. Yeah.
1: Um,
0: but yeah, there is method to my madness.
1: And we, if the kids are better, we were looking to do play things, weren't we?
0: Yeah, they're ready for soft play now. Soft as well. play.
1: So we can we can we can update you how that sort of goes as well in the future as well.
0: I have taken them to soft play, but they're not getting a great deal out of it because they're only really sitting and laying on their front in a ball pit where they can do that at home. I, I took them to get the experience and socialise them a few times, but now they're really crawling and really standing up on things and really chucking themselves around. They're really ready for a decent yeah. bit of soft play now.
1: And I think like the la- the last bit I want to finish off on, on the podcast... When it comes to play, is also the touch and the feelings you give the children as well. Mm. You know, from I uh, giving them like the tickles and the and the play and like blowing the, on their bellies, blowing their bellies and like for my part, I love that element to it. Like that was the only bit that I could probably no know, knowledge of just giving is the fact of like having that time where they're sat on you and you encourage them to stand up, up and then uh, doing that part oh, to it like as it, play can be giving them a toy but equal at the same time the interaction of you interacting with them uh lifting them up like when you do that five four three two one blast off when we hold them up lift them up even when like sometimes you, you you're a bit scared of him i lift them up by like playing around with their legs i think that's a classic like
0: dad that. thing i hear a lot of my like mum friends be like oh my god like he lifts them up by their feet i'm shit but like
1: but like just those sort of things like now like um holding them up and they're now starting to walk although they can't walk but they're putting their feet forward Mm. like all of that is play as well i think like interaction on that side too and i do think we have a lot of people who say that the kids are very developed off the back of i do think off the back of how you develop their play yeah and it's also even a doctor didn't he? he said like they're he said they're really good. And also he was quite surprised. I think a lot of people were surprised with the talk and the interaction they have with each other.
0: But another thing we do that you, you don't know you're doing it, but it's something called intensive interaction. And it's where you get in the baby's world. So again, it's something we use with autistic children, but it works for their stage of development because their stage of development is like a baby. So, intensive interaction. So, you're making the eye contact and you're getting in their world. So, when Ted's making those little ah yeah. noises and we're doing that ah back, yeah. what you're doing is you're showing that there is a motive to communicate. You're getting into their world, you're communicating with them, you're giving that sense of well being and joy, and that's what's developing
1: them. So, a high five, like we've got high, high fives. fives. Um, I do that, that thing with Erin I was like ee, and she's like, ee, like she crunches off her face because
0: yeah. you're getting in their world and you're giving them those interactions you're showing them that oh look there is motive to communicate and yeah. make eye contact with people and do these noises but we're going to wrap it up because it's quite a short one but just want to summarise for you so reading books from as early as you can as often as you can they love it short and engaging rhymes in particular they love yeah I sing for certain transitions Which really helps them So like before I change their bum I sing Let's change your bum Bum,
1: bum, 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 bum. Change, change your, your bum. bum
0: I sing the change your bum song So then it gives them the cue That they know what's happening They're having their bum change I sing the you're going to sleep song On the way up the stairs As a cue That they're going to sleep Yeah Songs are a great way like To transition Like even the little the, Even
1: the one where we come to Take them out of the bath And air yeah. in the bed Yeah in the bed Make up songs for right? your kids They, they go. In, they go in the mirror And they love it yeah, isn't it? So, so they have
0: certain songs for cues and routines. They have certain songs that we just sing to them for fun. Um,
1: so I interrupted your summary, didn't I?
0: Yeah, uh, I said reading books, singing songs for different transitions and different routines, and just for fun, they love songs. Um, when it comes to play, think sensory. So sounds they might like, different textures to feel. If you want to throw in some incense or. A diffuser for smell. um
1: YouTube sensory sensory, sensory videos things for, you can for see. babies and that lot is phenomenal. Um Some of the stuff I used to have on the early some stages, of it show what some mean? of the
0: best classic things are, especially when they're sitting up and they've got that hand eye coordination. Go in your kitchen, give them some pots and pans and a wooden spoon, and that will entertain them for about an hour. Yeah. And again, it's real life. It's context for them. Like they see mummy and daddy when they're in the kitchen. They're walkers. They see me cooking and using the pans. I mean, I'm. Constantly kicking them out the way yeah. so they're not by the stove, but um, again, that's real life contextual experiences for them. So give them pots and pans to play with because it's different sounds, different textures. It's you know, it's it's the mm-hmm. wider world. It, you don't have to overcomplicate it, but I would say if you're particularly concerned about play, there is a really good Instagram that I found. It's called My Motor Baby. And they've got some fantastic ideas, mainly for toddlers. If I'm honest, but they've got some great early years and baby play ideas um, that I've only recently found. And some of them, I'm like, "Oh, I'm going to start doing those with the kids." Well, so that's a good one. But yeah, stories,
1: or, songs, or interact follow, with follow them. Follow us on collaboration, counselors, yeah. uh, t- um, collaboration twins. Uh,
0: you put me off again. Reading songs, think sensory. Give them real-life contextual things to play with, like pots and pans. Yeah. Um, Intensive interaction with them, getting their world. You know, the basic stuff you do is parents, tickling, blowing on their belly, playing with them.
1: And also, the last thing i probably say is, when it comes to toys, don't overcomplicate some of the stuff you get them. Because some of the most simple, inexpensive stuff is the stuff that they want. Like, you haven't got to go out and think you've got to spend hundreds of pounds on toys. But you
0: can spend £100 and they'll want your TV remote and your phone. Yeah,
1: exactly. So, like, and but also at the same time, like, uh, what we found is we had to remove some of the toys away. Otherwise, it's too overwhelming for them. So, even just having a selection of some of the stuff, they actually enjoy more. Yeah. Rather than being surrounded by loads of it. And rotate it, don't yeah. we?
0: So we have like a couple of things that'll we'll have out for a week and then we rotate it and give them a couple of Basically other Basically we've
1: transformed what the the um the purple in there in the in the front room. It's got like a storage bit in there and it's like our toy storage.
0: Yeah.
1: Taken from your mum, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. So we wrap up to today's show?
0: Yeah, so hopefully we've given you some ideas for play um and how to interact with your baby. Babies, should I say.
1: And if you're listening to this and haven't reached out, feel free to reach out if you want to feature on this podcast. We'd love to have guests on here, talk about your own experiences. It's all about helping the twin parenting community that's out there. Um,
0: And normalising.
1: like I've been quite
0: honest on... If you watch my Instagram, I'm quite honest when I'm having low days, if I'm struggling. Or like, you know, I've got grumpy with the kids. I'm quite honest about that. It's not all sunshine and rainbows. But equally... I do show you the sunshine and rainbows and I show you the mundane in between.
1: Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So
0: let's just normalise the whole spectrum of what it is to be a twin parent.
1: So thanks for listening, guys. Tune in to next week.
0: Ciao.